Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Is it your dream to become a professional wrestling superstar, manager, or referee? Well, you can make that dream a reality by training with Midwest All-Pro Wrestling. Learn from former WWE superstar and NXT coach Eugene Nick Dinsmore. Classes are training right now, so go to MidwestAllPro.com and click on training to enroll today. DJ Barbecue on BTC Uncut Live. We have a special guest today, pro wrestling superstar, Jason Hunt, Terex. He's literally the definition of pain. Mr. Hunt, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. No, I appreciate it all. The honor is all ours. Say, for the viewers and listeners out there, uh, why don't you give them a little bit of backstory about when you started getting that niche of for professional wrestling well getting the niche for professional excuse me for, for professional wrestling i've had that ever since i was a kid uh it really clicked for me when i was about six years old that's when i started telling my parents and every, all my friends and everybody else i'm gonna be a wrestler just you wait just you wait awesome and it just it was never a phase for me it just it stayed with me stayed with me uh, I believe I stopped watching wrestling for about six months when I was in about eighth grade. And uh, one of my friends came to school dressed as gold dust for Halloween. Right on. And I I was confused. I'm like, what the hell are you? And he's like, I'm gold dust. And I didn't know. And he's like, you stopped watching wrestling, didn't you? I was like, yeah. He's like, turn on Monday Night Raw and you'll figure it out. And that Monday I turned it on and it's been a staple for me again ever since. Right on. So for about six months is about the, the time that I remember stopped watching it. That's about it. Okay. What promotion were you watching before you had that hiatus? Um, I was watching mainly WWF. Yeah, yeah, it was the Attitude Era. It was about 1998. Okay. Is there any uh, wrestlers that really stuck with you that you idolized? Actually, I'm sorry, 1998. That was That's way off. It was about 1996. Okay. Uh, 1996 my, my bad um say that again any wrestlers that i idolized yeah that you idolized that really stuck to you that went after you saw them absolutely um bam bam bigelow was one of them uh yokozuna was another i was really into uh the big guys that can do cool stuff like i myself i do a standing moonsault and i've done them off of the top ropes um so seeing uh big vader 
Bam Bam Bigelow, those guys doing moonsaults off the top rope. That really was it for me. And watching uh, the Rockers, watching all their acrobatics, I kind of wanted to mix, mix uh, basically a perfect mix of Bam Bam Bigelow and the Rockers. Right on. Uh, what about the the Rockers uh, that really caught your eye? Was it the the tag team part of it, or was it just the the actual like uh, chemistry that they had when they were in the ring? Little bit of, it was a, a little bit of both. Um, the tag team part because I'm a twin, and uh, that was always a thing. Like me and my my brother, we always talked about being a tag team when we were little. He grew out of it. I didn't so much. Uh, he actually went into collegiate wrestling in high school. And we were button heads about professional wrestling and collegiate wrestling. Athleticism behind the whole thing. Uh, being able to be a big guy and go for a long time. Um, something about that. Seeing those guys in main events that were going for 30 minutes. Like, that was just like magic to me. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't imagine being, I was always a little chubby kid. I couldn't imagine being a little chubby kid running around the schoolyard for 35 minutes straight. Right. Like, that, that was just never a strong point of mine. But watching them, it was just like magic to me. I, I, I couldn't understand it, didn't understand it. And when I first got into the business, I still couldn't really understand it because I was going a little too quick and I was not knowing how to pace myself and take my time and, you know, pick it apart, actually. So I knew, I knew kind of a lot of it coming into it. My trainer is Jesse Hernandez from the School of Hard Knocks in San Bernardino. Right on. Um, he said from the first day I went in that I, I'm a natural. Like, we basically he I showed him I could bump, run the ropes, and all this, and I never done it any time before that. And he was just kind of like, "Wow, you're a natural." So I just kept watching those guys and watching those guys, and kind of taking parts from them and using them to my advantage, like you know, learning how to be flexible and learning how to do a lot of stuff that big guys don't normally do. Is that's basically what I took away from those guys? Is that's what they were an, an anomaly for me for? Was they're doing stuff that guys half their size are out there doing, and they're doing it too. Okay, so you said Jesse Hernandez, and how long were you at the training school? I started in about February of 05 and had my first match by September 25th of 05. Um, and it, that would, that's abnormally freakishly fast. But he said from the first things I started doing in there, he was like, wow, who taught you how to do that? He said, just watching TV. He's like, well, I guess we have a natural on hand. And he sent everybody back in the ring. And by everybody at the time was TJ Perkins, um, Ricky Reyes, uh, Rocky Romero, Alex Kozloff, guys that have wrestled all over the world. Right. And I had no idea at the time. And so seeing everything they were doing, I was just trying to do everything that they were doing and figure out what I couldn't do. Right. So what other promotions did you go go to uh, other than with with Jesse and that and the, the what experience did you end up getting over the years? Um, I was with Jesse uh, solely Jesse for the first probably two years, maybe two and a half years, and then I started branching out. Um, he sent me to a couple lucha promotions, and then I just had I just had calls starting to come in. So I started working for places like MPW. Um, I worked for several, like, Lucha promotions that were pretty big. I was doing the NW, NWA Showcase, which is uh, now, um, um, what is it? It's Showcase from Hollywood, I, I believe it is. Okay. Um, on TV right now. Um, so I was, I was doing that at the time. 
and I was getting to know a lot of people like Scorpio Sky and um, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan came actually came out of the same school I did. Oh, right so on. So I, I actually I actually met him really early on into my my career and wrestled him really early on into my career. And uh, yeah, I just started meeting all kinds of guys like that. And and Jesse and uh, Cincinnati Red, rest in peace. He was another guy that helped me with my training a lot. He really took me under his wing, and uh, he started getting me out places. He's, he brought me on my first trip to Northern California and started, like, he helped, he was booking for a couple different promotions. So he was bringing me around a couple different places, and I would just start getting calls and people seeing what I could do, and people were just amazed, like, with the way that I work, with the way that I work and with my agility and everything at my size and stuff that I can do. People were just, just like, blown away. Right. Well, let's go back to when you said that you really wanted to do a, a tag team because you're a twin. Uh, what are some of the individuals that you were in a tag team if you were in uh, with your experience and in some of the promotion that you have been into? Um, I was uh, like my main tag that I was with. I was with a couple of them. Uh, the first one I was with was uh, it was me and Sonny Sampson, and we were part of a, a, a group called Star Inc., and it was an EWF with Johnny Starr. Okay. And uh, John Starr being like the rich guy behind the whole thing, and me and Sonny Sampson kind of being the big guys. That... So me and me and Sampson tagged a lot together, and then Starr and him started tagging a lot together. And I that's where I became the definition of pain. Like I was, I started to become the guy that was just beating all kinds of people up. And uh, another tag team I was part of it was me and uh, my buddy, uh, known at the time as Killer Gorilla, and me and him were known as the Monsters, and we. We were just two big dudes, and like he was another 400-pound guy, and we, we were both doing moonsaults onto people. and you know, it, it was actually pretty impressive. Wow, you're doing moonsaults. Was that off the, the top rope then? Uh, I do them standing mostly. Oh, right on. So uh, did you uh, collect any uh, tag team championships o over your years and uh, throughout the promotions? Um, not any tag team belts, no. Okay. Not that I, no. Okay. So now you're you're mainly a singles competitor, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, like, tell me a little bit about like, uh, you were talking earlier before the show started about these uh, different matches that you do. Uh, let the listeners and the in the the watchers on the YouTube channel, uh, get a little knowledge from you on the kind of matches that you, you mainly do. Cause it's pretty, uh, um, outstanding that you actually do one of those, uh, matches that I, I could never, ever do. I'm mainly, I'm mainly just, a, you know, just a normal everyday wrestler, but I do venture off into the, uh, the death match era. Um, I actually have a bucket list that I'm trying to knock out. So, you know, and the only way to do that is to wrestle those guys and, some of those death matches, which is, uh, it's definitely, it, it's definitely not for everybody. Um, I wouldn't even say that it's for most people that do. A lot of people can't even live vicariously through it because it, it's pretty violent. Right. But for the most part, what I get from it all is it's, it's a, it's a growing, uh, it's a growing lesson for me. Like I, how much do I really know about myself until I know about my pain limits? Uh, take us through what gets you ready to do one of these death matches. Um, like I said earlier, and I said it before we got on the show, um, I, I couldn't do it. I, I don't know. And, and I'll admit I, I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm a, I'm a man, but I, I'll admit if I'm, I'm a wuss, I'm a wuss. Uh, 
Uh, what would it take to get you psyched up for one of these matches? Um, to be honest, like nothing specific. I'll just listen to my music. It's just kind of like preparing for another match, just kind of getting ready for it. I try not to think about too much of the, uh, um, not so much the dangers, but I try not to think about too much of the stuff that we're going to be doing because I already know going into the match, things are going to suck. So I try not to put my my thoughts too much onto the pain because I know there's already going to be pain there. Right. And I've dealt with many different kinds of pain before, so it's not like it's going to be new. Uh, it's just the amount that I'm going through at the time. Um, really, it, it deals with the adrenaline and all that. It's kind of, it, it's I guess, kind of the macho factor plays into it too. Like, I like the shock factor. I like seeing people's face shocked at, like, what we're going through and what we can do. Right. Uh, it's kind of not the motivation. So what so, are, uh, what what are some of the other matches that you uh, do outside of a death match? Oh, I've I've done basically every one that you can think of. I've done ladder matches. I've done triple threats, singles matches, tag matches. I, I've done I've done them all. With all your experience, and what's your really, favorite match that you've uh you've done? Favorite match that I've done. Um. I would have to say just for uh, the simple aesthetic factor is anything to do with tables and uh, basically thumbtacks. Yeah, we talked about anything that earlier to... with the thumbtacks, man. I don't, I, I don't know if I, I, I'd be able to do that. That's, uh, that's a pain factor that, um, that uh, I, I don't think I want to experience. <laughs> It's definitely a different pain than stepping on them. Yeah, but it's 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 also another pain that you do have to, uh, um, I guess almost condition yourself for, or I don't even know if that's the right word I'm looking for. Um, it's definitely kind of a in the back of your mind. It, it's just a little, you know, fucking pride over, uh, pride over. I don't know, pride. I guess. I guess it's just pride. Right. And you know, for the the naysayers, like I told you earlier before the show, those are real, and and you you could confirm that, correct? Oh, a hundred percent. I I always get my thumbtacks from the Dollar Tree, three hundred for a dollar. <laughs> um, how many matches have you had in your career? Oof, man, uh, I honestly couldn't even give you a roundabout number. Um. Man, you know what? I I don't even know. There's a healthy amount. I, I know over a, well over a hundred. Right on. Uh, what are some of the promotions that you're working with uh, today? Um, one of the biggest ones I'm working with right now is uh, Ground Zero. Um, another one occasionally I go up to is Hood Slam. Um, West Coast uh, Pro Wrestling is another company out of San Francisco right now that is. It's making a lot of noise, and it's a lot of fun to be up there. Um, those are some of the really, really fun ones that I'm doing, and some of them that I take like a lot of pride in the work from there a lot in, um, like from Ground Zero because it's it's a B Boys promotion, and he actually he put a lot of uh, a lot of trust in me and kind of just let me run with it and do what I can do, and he didn't put limits on me, and like I've known him since. 2009 you know like a point like if i'm not going out there yelling oh this guy sucks because this 
if I can get away from that and tell the story with my wrestling, that's that's where I get some of my best work. Very cool. Uh, is it easy to just channel out the the fans when you're going through your entrance and then once you're in the ring? Um, I don't really channel it out. I kind of hone it in. Like uh, I I really go off them. If I feel like they're dying out, then I'm gonna try and pick it up or have my opponent really pick it up, um, one or the other. Or if they're really starting to get behind, I'm mostly a heel. So if they're getting behind my uh, my opponent, I'm gonna cut them down and I'm just start talking a whole bunch of crap and really make it uh, really pull the sympathy out for them. Right. What do you uh? can give advice to some of these uh, future individuals to be professional wrestlers um, if they, if they want to take that step. Listen to the vets, listen to the vets. Um, you know, you have uh, naturals that get in the ring every day, um, but there's some things that naturals don't have um, and that's time. So if you have a guy that's been in the, in the business even two years longer than you, that's two years more experience that they have where they can help you, guide you um, down a certain path for your character or down a certain way that you should be carrying yourself. Or take in a lot of input. Ask guys like if they watched your match and if they did, get constructive criticism and try not to really just beat yourself up over it because we all live in the moment. What we did is out there and we can't take it back. So chances are, if it wasn't a big mess up to where you could see the flow of the match stop, then don't beat yourself up over it. If you if you could barely see it, then they probably can't. Right. Um, with with today's wrestling, with now that you see that you have, um, you know, WWE moving uh, their SmackDown show to Friday, you have you know AEW coming on Wednesday here uh, in October. You have um, NXT going to be on Wednesdays. Uh, that that started in September. That's in October as well. That's there when they're going to start their two hours officially. Uh, and then you got Impact. You know, with their parent company Anthem um, acquiring Access TV. What does that mean for you as a professional wrestler? It means there's a whole lot of doors to make a living and not have to get a nine to five job. Right. I mean, that that that's, that seems like that's a big thing because you never had that, I don't think, it's before. It's huge. There's, uh, from what I believe right now, there are six, six major promotions that you can make money off of, make a living off of, and not have to get another job. Like, you can make a living off. There's six promotions out there. And, yeah, that, that's actually a lot of open doors. You know, it, at one time, it used to be maybe one or two doors that were open, and when I was getting in, it was, you know, it wasn't quite completely old school and hard to get in as it was, you know, before me. But I was still in that cusp of where it wasn't as easy as it is now. Because right. I, I know now several other schools, like, all over the place. And don't get me wrong, like, Level Up, which is B-Boy School, Santino's amazing school, School of Hard Knocks, phenomenal school. I mean, all these schools are phenomenal out of here. So, Really, it's it's a lot easier to break into the business now, especially in Southern California, than uh, than I ever thought it would be. Right. Um, uh, there's a question that I was actually going to ask you earlier, but I, I forgot to ask you. What do you prefer, like the old school way of doing uh, a a a storyline 
uh, in the ring, or do you like the new way that they do it with the storylines in the ring? Uh, um, this, telling the story is still about the same. You know, you got to build up. You start off, you start off, you know, slow, and then you work up to the desperation moves or heavier moves. You know, that's still all, all it's still all relative um, as far as the 80s, 70s, and even prior to that go. You know, back in the day when uh, a suplex was a huge move, you know, you had a headlock for 10 minutes, and then you were working an arm, then you were working possibly a neck. You hit him down with a clothesline maybe, and then you do the big suplex and bring it home. Um, it's still basically the same formula. It's just the moves have changed. Right on. So one last question. Um, I always try to do this at the end with our guests. Uh, we want to pick the, the top five professional wrestlers that you've either wrestled or that you think are the the best that you've ever seen. Okay. Um, top five. I'm going to do a mix of guys that I've wrestled and the best I've ever seen. Okay. Um, in no particular order either. Um, so Willie Mack being one of the best I've seen and been in the ring with. Amazing, amazing man. He can do some crazy stuff, man. Human Tornado, another amazing person that I've been in the ring with several times. Many times. Um, let's see. Uh, Adam Pierce, another amazing guy that I've been in the ring with. Colt Cabana, another amazing guy. Like, these guys can tell stories like no other. And these guys can do so much. And, like There's so much in their repertoire that they can get over in just very, very little bits. And it's amazing. And let's see. And obviously, Mick Foley is the whole reason that I started doing a lot of the deathmatch and hardcore stuff. And it was for two reasons. One, because I knew I could take that kind of pain and, and I could withstand that kind of stuff. And two, I've never seen a man go through that amount of stuff on actual TV and get back up and keep going. Yeah. Uh... So, and, and those are just some of the, and there's so many guys out there that are so good. Cause like, I mean, Will Osprey is one of my favorites and I mean, I can keep going. Right. And like, if you want to take it back to the days, we can go Bruiser Brody and like, I mean, I mean, there's so many. There's the king right there, Bruiser Brody. And then you said Mick Foley, man, the, the, the visual I keep seeing when he went through that steel cage on the top and the fact that he had a tooth through his lip. I mean, he looked like oh he went through God. a car he crash. His nose and a hole in his lip. Like, I mean, he he legitly looked like he was maimed and still got up. Right. Like, literally like, went through a car accident. Damn, he, even rode, he even rode the damn gurney back down the ramp. Right. Exactly. Just uh, the stuff that he was able to do was just so ahead of the time to where, you know, I don't think you'll ever see that type of performance ever, ever again. I don't think. No. And, you know, uh, just to touch on one other subject here, like uh, going back to the deathmatch wrestling, um, deathmatch wrestling has actually evolved like a hundred times from what it was back when I first started watching it from like big Japan pro wrestling, uh, where they were having the big deathmatch tournaments and, you know, FMW and, and all these other promotions. Uh, and it's evolved now from just, going taking turns on hitting each other with stuff to actually a hybrid style of wrestling with violence like it's it's actually amazing what it's turned into 
would you say that it's more scripted then now? So it's more like uniformed than it was before? Um, I don't know about more scripted because you have so many weapons out there. You just don't know what you're going to use and how you're going to go about it. But there's definitely a more of a professional format um, about going about working with it um, than there was back in the day. Because back in the day, it was just kind of like maim and blood and really just a lot of shock value and a lot of just going through pain. And now it's like a lot of going through pain, but there's a lot of real pride moments that they can have out of there with, I mean, you watch it and you're like, man, that was an in intense spot or. Well, you know, your, your history of matches that you've been able to go through, I have the utmost respect for you. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, there's absolutely no way, and I'll call myself a wuss, wuss live on this podcast. Uh, man, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Before you go, uh, why don't you let the listeners and, and viewers know how to get a hold of you and where to follow you and uh, what events are coming up? Uh, let's see. On Facebook, I'm just Jason Hunt, or you can find my fan page at uh, The Definition of Pain, Terex. Um, I've got my Instagram, which is uh, D underscore O underscore P underscore Terex. Um, and we got the definition of pain, which is uh, on uh, Instagram. Right. And um, what was the other thing you asked? Uh, what What is it, uh, an event that's coming up that people can see? Uh, you know, tell them that. Oh, the... That's right. That's right. Um, I have actually on. Uh, Next, this coming up Friday, I have uh, Brian Kendrick's Wrestling Pro Wrestling. Um, the following week, I have Ground Zero down in San Diego, where I'll be taking on Hunter Freeman. Um, after that, I have, um, I believe I'm going to be heading back up to San Francisco for West Coast Pro Wrestling on October 11th. And yeah, that's, that's about what I have in the immediate future. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. For myself, DJ Barbecue, we have Terex, the definition of pain, BTC, peace. I said I'm moving too far.